ready to be here, ready to worship the Lord. God is worthy of our praise. And as we sing this next song, just remember that there is not a moment that he does not think about you, that he does not have you on his mind.
God is good, isn't he? Amen. Amen. God gives us his grace every single day. It is for his grace. By grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves. It's a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Aren't you glad for God's grace? That is all that saves us. And we are so, so um, humbled by what he does for us each and every day through his grace. So we sing this next song. I know it's a favorite of a lot of people. Just sing it out to the Lord this morning. It talks about how he saved us and how awesome he is. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. take the friendship folders and please pass them down the out this time. That will greatly help us to be able to minister to you and your family as, uh, as we're here this morning. Uh, just a few announcements. Our Wednesday night has been just an exceptional time of community here in the church. Our clubhouse kids has started. We have from nursery all the way through. Um, downstairs there's uh, things for the children called clubhouse kids and we are opening up God's word. We're sharing. We're challenging them to Christ, and it's a fantastic time here at the church. Uh, while they have that going on through fifth grade downstairs, over at Connect Students, we have our youth ministries happening. 
our junior and senior high meets over there on Wednesday nights at 6.30 as well. And also up here, we have our adult groups that are happening. So there's a lot of interaction. There's several, several options to choose from, and uh, you can see those in your bulletin. But uh, we want to encourage you, be here on Wednesday night. Come up and be a part of the community. Uh, get, uh, it's great to be in a smaller group where you can sit in a circle. You can actually ask a question. You can actually communicate and, uh, and talk about what you're, what you're learning and what you're growing in the things of God. So we want to encourage you to be here on Wednesday evenings. This past week, we had a dinner beforehand. I was surprised at the amount of people for our first time having a dinner on a Wednesday night and uh, how exciting that was over there to have a, just a, a time of fellowship before we started. We'll do that again coming up in November as uh, we experiment with that thought. Uh, MOPS is meeting this Tuesday. Uh, they meet twice a month, and this is the Tuesday that they're meeting. So if you know a mother of a preschool-age child or soon-to-be, please, uh, please encourage them to be there. On Wednesday, October the 28th, we have uh, Trunk and Treat, and we want to encourage you to sign up. If you'll go to the Information Center today after the service, you can sign up to, to be one of the people who are handing candy out there. Uh, we're going to have, uh, we're gonna have uh, all the trunks facing each other. We're even going to have a, a, a competition or, or give away a prize for the most creative decorated trunk. So you can see here Kim, I think it's Mary Poppins on there. I think that's Kim Kuzawinski as Mary Poppins. And uh, we want to encourage you, come dressed up, have some fun, hand out candy, and share some love with our community. This is a great night to open up our doors to the community. There will be hundreds of people here. We want to encourage you to be here as well and uh, participate in serving. Uh, coming up here now, we have a, a huge opportunity with Operation Christmas Child. Uh, in the foyer, you'll see these boxes, and they just look like shoe boxes. And if you'll take one, uh, take one, two, five, ten, however many you think you could fill. Uh, you open up, you'll see the instructions inside, what to do. And what we're able to do, we're able to take part in caring about children around the world. Um, and to be able to, for you to personally pack a few items and they will ship them, and they go over, and they, they get to open them up. Look at the next slide here with the kids as they open it up. You just see this fantastic joy in their heart, but they take it a step further, and they give them Christ. And so we get to be a big part of that. We have several hundred boxes. I'd like to see them all be gone. Uh, we're going to fill what If they all go, we have enough to replace that for next week. So uh, we have hundreds of boxes. We're going to ask you to take four, five, six. Maybe your kid at school could get his whole, his whole class to do it. I don't know. But let's just see what God will do as we step out in faith and, and learn how to give and meet the needs of, the, of people around the world. Speaking of around the world, Ecuador. We have our mission trip going to Ecuador this summer. That will be June 20 through the 27th. And we'll have an information meeting on, on Sunday, October the 24th, after the 11 o'clock service. And uh, today we have a service project. I'm going to ask Caleb to come up. Say, uh, he has an opportunity that you can be a, involved in and be a part of. Um, I've got a great opportunity right here for every single one of you adults here in the service this morning. We want to be a blessing. Our youth ministry, we want to teach our students to serve and to be a blessing. But not only that, to teach them the overall goal is to reach lost souls. And you know what? We thought of a, of a great opportunity that you guys can do that. And we're calling it Community Cleanup community cleanup. Our goal for this is to help you build a bridge to eventually share the gospel, invite someone else in your community to come out to church. And the way we want to do that is maybe you have a neighbor in, the, in, your, in your community that maybe you don't know very well. Maybe a shut-in, somebody like that. 
that uh, maybe you've lived there for some years, you don't know who they are really, you just get to see them when they come out to the mailbox and back and that's about it. And you know what, we said, you know what, could we help you make a connection with them somehow? Could we help you in a way, because we live in a community where people have barriers up. They have barriers that says, go away, don't talk to me. Give me a wave, but that's all I want. We want to help you get past that barrier. And I think this is a great opportunity to do that. What we're asking you to do is if you would come out to the floor, if you're thinking of somebody in your community or you want to go find somebody in your community, you don't know who yet, but you want to go find them, we got a table as you exit out the middle doors to the right, and I've got two cards here. One of these cards is a special card for you. It's to take with you. Go find somebody, knock on the door. Hey, I've, you know, I've got a group of teenagers, a youth ministry that wants to come out and just show you God's love. They just want to help you. You know, I see you need some help with raking leaves. Or I see, you know, do you have something that maybe paint a wall, whatever, pick up trash, whatever it may be. But I have some young students that want to come out and help you out with that. They have leaders they are going to come with them. They're not, we're not going to dump a bunch of teenagers at your house, but we have a group of people that are going to come out and they want to help you out. And what you can do is you can take this. If they say yes, fill out the bag, get their name, get their information, what kind of work they're looking for, bring that back with you. And then I have a second card right here. It has our youth ministry logo on it, our church website on there. And on the back, it's telling them what's going on. We've got high school and middle school students coming out who just want to show God's love to you by just helping. And what we're hoping that does is that builds up an opportunity for you to come back, say, hey, you know, those kids did a really good job, didn't they? Yeah, they did. That was really nice of them. And it just takes that barrier down, giving you an opportunity either to share the gospel with them, begin a relationship that eventually leads to sharing the gospel, inviting them out to church, whatever it may be. But we want to be a blessing that way. So if you think, you know what, I... I would like that opportunity. Come see us at the table. We're right outside those doors right there. We'd love to explain a little bit more about what's going on, what it's going to be looking like. But we want to be a blessing not only to you guys, but our community as well. So thank you guys very much. Things that are going on, and we're, we're just thankful for the opportunities uh, for you, our church family. We're thankful for how you, our church family, step up. It's an awesome thing to watch God work, isn't it? God has been working in our church, and it's been powerful to see people where they're coming to Christ, families that are coming to Christ, and you're, you're out there touching them. So uh, if you want to take a box today, take as many of these as you can. We'll have a collection day for these in November. Sign up for, the, uh, for Caleb's thing, and, and uh, just, just be the church. Let's go out and be the church. This morning, let's prepare our hearts to give. And uh, as we do, would you stand with me? And uh, let's read this scripture together as we stand. The ushers come forward. Um, Let's read this together, shall we? This is 1 Chronicles 29, 14. Join me in reading out loud. But who am I and who are my people that we should be able to give as generously as this? Everything comes from you, and we have given you only what comes from your hand. This morning as we give unto the Lord, we are giving what has come from the hand of the Lord. He has given to us. And uh, the scripture has verified that. Everything that you have comes from the hand of the Lord. So as we give, look, we're giving generously. We're giving with a heart of, of joy this morning because God has provided. So maybe you've given online this week or you've given in the mail or you'll be giving in the plate. If you're our guest this morning, feel free to let the plate go by. This is for those that, that are, have been here and you're, you're growing, you're, you're, you're trying to follow the Lord. And he's asked us to give. And as we give unto him, something powerful happens because we let go of the things that we think are so important, don't we? And that's just why we're doing these boxes. That's why we're doing all these things so that we can let go of the things that are temporary and invest in the things that are eternal. Amen? 
Would you bow with me? Let's pray and ask God to bless this. Father God, I pray that you'll be with each person, Lord, as we give unto you, Lord. Some give throughout the week. Some are giving today, Lord. But we're all giving to you. And so, God, I ask that as, uh, as we come together and we gather in your name and, and we take a step of faith and we say, Lord, you have given us everything and we're just giving it back because it's yours. And uh, God, what a blessing. We just are overjoyed. We're overjoyed as we look around the church and we see families coming to Christ. We see children coming on Wednesday night. We see families getting involved in, and you're, you're moving. You're doing a powerful thing. The church is alive because the church is being the church. And God, as we step up today to give and we give unto your name, we ask that you'll be honored, that you'll be adored. And thank you, Lord, that we can be generous to you for you've been so generous to us. In your name we pray. Amen. We may be, you may be seated, please.
to thee an earnest prayer. May we ever, Lord, be bringing all to thee. Let's open our Bibles today, please, to the book of John, chapter 15. Every time I see that film clip, I'm challenged by those statements by many people we have uh, heard about and read about in ages past that have learned the uh, tremendous, the tremendous practice of showing God love. I've said to you on numbers of occasions that prayer is love. And all of us, uh, I think, here in the service this morning love God. And we want to express to Him our love, and that's one of the major ways that, uh, that we do that expression. Now, what is the, the best appointment of the day? It's the, uh, it's the first appointment of the day. Matthew 6.33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. 
The Bible doesn't say to seek second the kingdom of God or third the kingdom of God or fourth the kingdom of God. Jesus said, said, seek first the kingdom of God. John chapter 15, verse 1, Jesus said, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser or the gardener, the farmer. Now, this is an interesting statement because in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel is the vine. Jesus said, and I'm the genuine vine. God planted Israel in the world to be a source of blessing and fruit and power to the world but uh, they disappointed God and we'll see that in a minute in Isaiah uh, they were a big disappointment and so here comes Jesus at the end of his ministry and he says listen uh, somebody will not be disappointed when they come to me for the fruit that they need in life I am the genuine vine and my father is the farmer every branch of me that does not bear fruit he takes away what does he take away uh, you and I are the branches. Uh, he takes away the privilege of bearing fruit. and Actually, he takes away the privilege uh, of us realizing the purpose for which we were made. We were made to bear fruit in this world. That's the purpose of a Christian. We're not here to take up space. Uh, we're here to bear fruit. And so what we do is we lose the opportunity uh, we forfeit the dream, follow me. We forfeit the dream for which God made us. You know, God has a dream for our life. It's bigger than our dream, of course, because he dreams bigger dreams. Uh, but he has a wonderful future for you. The scripture says, I am come into this world to give you life uh, and life abundant. When he takes away the privilege, when you are... We don't make a decision to be a fruit bearer. We lose the opportunity. But I discovered in studying this verse that the, the two words there, take away, are also translated in the New Testament, lifted up. Now, remember, we're the branch. Branches uh, tend to break. They tend to sag. They are weak. They're fragile. They need a lot of care by the gardener. And so the Lord is most interested in his garden and he's most interested that every single one of us as a branch become fruitful for God. He doesn't want to ignore anyone. Now in life, I know you found it's easy to ignore some people, isn't it? It's easy to look at somebody and say, well, they'll never amount to anything or they'll never do well. Uh, and kind of go on your way and minister to uh, maybe somebody that you think has a higher standard than they do. But I think the Lord is interested in every branch because remember, listen, the branches are all born by God. They are all his idea. Where did this whole idea come from? It didn't come from us. It came from God. And all of a sudden we find this tremendous, we find this tremendous vine uh, and uh, we find these little shoots popping out. That's you, that's me. We're born by God. We're his idea in this world. We didn't come up with this thing. This is his plan for us. And, uh, and uh, he lifts up those branches so that they can bear more fruit. And what that means is when the branch goes down into the dirt, that's where the diseases are. And the dirt is a picture of this world. John said, love not this world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. 
for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of, is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world is passing away, and the lust of it, but he that does the will of God remains forever. And so you and I are in the forever business. God has placed us here forever. And the fruit that we bear has a big bearing on other people's future destiny, as you and I have all been impacted by someone else along the way, haven't we? We're just standing on the shoulders of someone else, that's all. You know, we're just a small piece of this giant puzzle that God calls creation and chronology. And so he takes care of us. Uh, he takes away things out of our life that hinder us from serving God. He takes relationships away from us. He takes habits away from us. Uh, he sees the roadblocks in the way and he removes them out of us. He cares for the branch. Uh, and every branch that bears fruit, fruit bearing is a decision. I don't think I could say this too often. Uh, you know, you can be the kind of Christian you want to be. Uh, and I'm not saying... I, I don't want to say that uh, in, in the wrong way. Uh, you can be the kind of Christian you want to be if you aspire to be the best Christian you want to be. Because that's what God wants all, for all of us. He's in the business of the best. Do you know that? He really is. Uh, he wants to make your life fruitful. And that's the best life that you can have. And so what happens if you make that decision to live for Christ... Uh, he's going to prune the branch. Now, the word pruning here means clean, cleanse us. You know, when we're saved, we're cleansed positionally. We're in Christ. Uh, when we live our Christian lifestyle, we become, we become cleansed practically. And God reveals us to the conviction, by the conviction of the Holy Spirit things in our life that need to change. And then we bring them to him, and God takes his, his pruners... And he snips those things away. Lord, this is not pleasing in, in my life. I know that. And God says, okay, I'll take it away from you. But, you know, we have to give him permission to do that, that clipping sometimes. And he clips it away. Now, the pruning knife that God uses is the word of God. Look at verse 3. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. The Word of God is the power of God unto salvation, but it's not only that, it's the power of God unto a holy life. Uh, one great Christian of old said he never saw a growing Christian that wasn't a person of the Word of God. You can't grow in God without the Word. Uh, the Word was given for you and me to grow in God. And, uh, and so in verse number 7, we've looked at this before, look at it. If you have a relationship, we've kind of changed that word from abide to a re relationship. If you have a relationship in me, my words have a relationship in you. My words have a relationship in you. What's your relationship to the Bible? Do you love it? Do you cherish it? Do you read it? Do you study it? Or is it just a, something you throw up on the mantle at home? Uh, is it something that you really use in your life? What is your relationship with the Bible? Uh, Man, that's, uh, that's penetrating, isn't it? If you have a relationship with me, how do we have a relationship with him? Well, we spend time with him. You can't have a relationship with somebody if you don't spend time, right? If you just pop into church uh, on a Sunday and say, well, okay, I'll check that block. Is that a relationship with Jesus? 
Of course not. Uh, a relationship with Jesus is, is close. It's connected. It's being connected strongly. It's when you get up in the morning and you say, okay, Jesus, here we go. Uh, I'm ready to serve you today. I'm getting your instructions from the Word of God first and foremost today to go out into this world and make a difference. Uh, and so he says, if you have a relationship with me and my words have a relationship with you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be given to you. Then you can really pray. And so here's the reason why our prayers, figuratively speaking, bounce off the ceiling of the church. It's because we don't really have a relationship with God. We've been introduced to God. An introduction is different than a relationship. We haven't, maybe you went one step further and you, you're acquainted with God. You show up in church every now and then and you, you read a chapter or two every three months uh, and you have an acquaintance with God. You get excited and then you cool off and you get excited and then you cool off. And that's not a relationship. A relationship is a day-by-day -day, uh, walk and an intimate knowledge of God. Apostle, the Apostle Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Now, this is, a, this, is a, this is a quality of prayer that all of us need. The relationship, a strong connection with Jesus. Now turn back with me to Isaiah chapter 5. I want to show you this vine in the Old Testament, okay? In Isaiah chapter 5, the Bible says, now let me sing to my well-beloved a song of my beloved regarding his vineyard. In the Old Testament, in numbers of places, the nation of Israel is the vineyard of God. He planted the nation of Israel in the world to grow, to bloom, and to bear fruit. And so this is what he's referring to. My well-beloved has a vineyard on a very fruitful hill. He dug it and cleared out its stones and planted it with the choicest vine. Uh, and he built a tower in the midst of it and also made a wine press in it, so he expected it to bring forth good grapes. God's expectation for the nation of Israel was that it would produce good grapes, concord grapes, something that was just full of something that people like to eat. Uh, it was to be an attraction to the dark world that God has something better for you. Come to Jehovah God. He's the answer. He expected it to bring forth good grapes. But look what happened. God's expectation was not realized. It brought forth wild grapes. Have you ever tried to eat wild grapes? Terrible. It'll make you sick. That's what happened to the nation of Israel. God said, I'm going to plant you down here. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to watch over you. I'm going to guard you because I have a purpose for you. And you didn't realize that purpose. And now, O oh, inhabitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge, please, between me and my vineyard. What more could I have done to my vineyard? Now, I'm going to ask you this this morning. We are the vineyard of the Lord today. Uh, the Church of Christ, the nation of Israel, those who are following Christ today, we are his vineyard in the world. We are his light in the world. Um, and, and there are many people that you and I know through the years that have decided not to be a fruit bearer. And the Lord stands back and he, he makes, I think he makes the same statement to us. What more could I have done to help you to be a fruit bearer? 
I died on the cross for your sins. What more could I have done? I sent the Holy Spirit to remain in your heart. What more could I have done? I picked you up when you were down. I dusted you off and I gave you chance after chance to be a fruit bearer, but yet other things crept into your life and uh, you decided that you loved other things rather than me and you went your way. What more could I have done to my vineyard that I have not done in it? Why then, when I expected it to bring forth good grapes, did it bring forth wild grapes? What kind of fruit do we have this morning? And now please let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away its hedge. You know, God watches over a fruit bear in a unique way because, you know, that's the purpose for which we're born. Uh, that means that when we are bearing the right kind of fruit, we are walking in the will of God. And I've always been taught that the will of God is the safest place in all the world to walk. Nothing can harm you when you're in that in that bubble, so to speak. Please let me tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will take away the hedge and it should be burned and break down the wall and it should be trampled down. I will lay it waste. Look at this. It shall not be pruned. The judgment of God against the branch is not to prune it because the worst thing for a vineyard is not to prune it. If you don't prune the vineyard, you don't cleanse it, it becomes wild. It becomes sour grapes. It becomes poor grapes, spoiled grapes. And uh, one of the judgments. And so, and so here's a person that decides not to be a fruit bearer. And after a period of time, God steps back and says, what more could I have done? I gave you the Bible. I gave you the teaching that, that the Bible has. What more could I have done? I guess uh, you'll have it your way. And if you have it your way, then uh, I won't prune you. I won't help you grow. Growth is predicated by our desire to grow. And when we lose that desire to grow, we lose the opportunity to grow. And he says, it shall not be pruned or dug. Uh, but there shall come up briars and thorns. I will also command the clouds that they rain, that they do not rain on the vineyard. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel. And so making a decision is important. You know, I've always believed in decisions. I've always, I've always liked to make commitments. I'm a commitment person. Uh, and, and I see a lot of other people are too. You know, they make a commitment. And when you make a commitment and you don't know where you're going, that's called faith. Faith. But you know, when you make a commitment to grow, you're placing yourself in the, in the providence of God and under his rulership. And boy, that commitment always comes to fruition. Remember, if you make a commitment to grow as a Christian, you will grow as a Christian if you cooperate with God. Now, one of the best ways we do this is by meeting together in the morning with Christ. The best appointment of the day. You know, I almost never tire of thinking about prayer. Talking about prayer, learning about prayer, and praying. Remember, I said to you, the prayer is love. Uh, whenever we pray to the Lord, we're saying, Lord, I love you. I love you. And, and that's exactly what God wants us to do. 
Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. That's what God wants from us. He wants love from us. And when we pray, we give him back that love. You know, people really do have a shallow understanding of prayer, though. Some people memorize a prayer like the Lord's Prayer. They chant it over and over as though God gives credit for the number of times they say it. Some people think it consists of times in our life that we ask God for things, and it's usually disappointing that God is not interested in giving us the things we want from Him. We learn later as we study the Bible that God wants to give us our needs, not things, our needs. Paul said in Philippians 4.19, but my God shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What are our needs? We need food, we need housing, we need clothing. That's what we need. God says, listen, I'll take care of that for you. There's a big difference between our wants and our needs. Well, you know, there are times I think that people pray when there's nowhere else to turn, right? God is our last resort. Someone said there's no atheist in the what? The foxhole, right? But, you know, we have our foxholes too in life. We have our, our times in life that bombs are going off everywhere and we're shell-shocked and we're down in the foxhole and we're saying... Listen, can I come up another day? I'm going to get killed. And we turn to God. Well, you know, prayer is different than that. Prayer is a relationship. Prayer is talking to God. It's telling them that you love Him. I heard two interviews by James Dobson on Focus on the Family radio broadcast. They underscored for me the importance of having a relationship with God. How many people here in the church this morning have ever heard of Bill Bright? Have you ever heard that name, Bill Bright? Raise your hand. Okay, a few. Bill Bright founded Campus Crusade for Christ in 1951 in the University of California. It was a ministry to college students. It's called Crew Today. Uh, in 2011, they had 25,000 missionaries on 191 countries. Bill Bright was responsible for creating the movie simply called Jesus. It's the most translated and widely distributed film ever in history. It's not a Hollywood blockbuster. It's a two-hour docudrama called Jesus. And it chronicles Christ's life based on the Gospel of Luke. They recently said that they had it now available in a thousand different languages around the world. Missionaries love to have the movie Jesus on the mission field in the language of the people, the heart language. Our church right here took a missionary trip one time to Trinidad. And I remember we took the, the film Jesus with us. And we got the word out in the neighborhood and all the kids came and all the parents came as soon as nightfall came, we showed it outside, the film Jesus, and people came to Christ as a result of that film. Well, you know, James Dobson was interviewing Bill Bright, and he was kind of trying to say, Bill, what's your greatest achievement? What's the high point of your life? And you know what Bill Bright said to him? He said, the high point of my life is when I meet with Jesus Christ, my Savior. I heard another interview 
of James Dobbs, and he interviewed Becky Terabasi. She was a teenage alcoholic, and she came to Christ. She eventually wrote the book, Let Prayer Change Your Life. Uh, she was going at one time as fast as she could go in the wrong direction, and God turned her life around. She now has a worldwide prayer ministry and uh, books and everything that goes with it. I asked our secretary, Diane Mussey, to call her office here a while back because I wanted to know how Becky was doing. She went to a prayer seminar, and she was so convicted that she prayed so little that she decided to make a commitment to pray. And her commitment to prayer was so big, she said, I'm going to commit to God to pray an hour a day the rest of my life. Now, that'll take your breath away, won't it? So she went home, and in her book, this is what she said. I didn't know how to do that. So she set the timer on her oven. They used to set it this way. I guess they do it this way now. The timer on her oven. And, uh, and she said, okay, God, here we go. And you know when you write something in a book, somebody will always check up on you. It, it never dies. And so Diane, our dutiful secretary here at the church, called Becky's office. I think it was in Colorado or California and say how's Becky doing praying an hour a day and the secretary said she's doing really great she's been praying an hour a day for 22 years now you know spending time with God for, now here's the, here's the here's the bottom line spending time with God produces fruit good fruit Galatians 5 22 and 23 but the fruit of the Spirit is the love. The love of God comes down into our heart and bleeds through us to the world. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, goodness, kindness, patience, self-discipline. Uh, that's the kind of fruit that God wants for our life. You know, the most exciting thing for those people that have produced a lot of fruit is loving Jesus, spending time with him. You know, a relationship is more than an introduction. It's um, a day-by-day -day walk with Christ. Uh, you know, all of us, the Bible says, are ministers. Uh, we all have a circle of influence. Uh, you're the shepherd somewhere, but you're the only Jesus that some people may ever know. And uh, do you think that's a heavy thought? I think it is. It should be a heavy thought, really. Uh, God has planted you in the world. Remember, we're born by God. God has brought you into this life to be a Jesus for someone, the people in your circle of influence. And since we're all ministers, we always have this question, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I think that's, that's born in us when the Holy Spirit comes into our our heart, we say the same thing that the Apostle Paul said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And, uh, and so my message to you this morning is this. The first thing we're to do is to show love to God, is to return his love. And we do that by giving him our, our time. Uh, not saying, oh, I was so busy last week, I, I, I couldn't work it in. That's not a priority at all. 
Uh, I love S.D. Gordon. Look him up on the internet when you go home. Uh, he has, he's a, a writer, a devotional writer from years gone by. He says this, prayer strikes the winning blow, service is merely picking up the pieces. And I think in the church oftentimes we get that all messed up and we forget the whole element of prayer and we come into the church and we feel so guilty because we're not doing anything. Lord, make me a Sunday school teacher. Maybe that'll help my conscience. Maybe that'll help me to serve you. Or make me sing on the platform or make me play an instrument or Lord, I'll work with my hands on a Wednesday uh, at the Wednesday men's meeting and maybe that'll help me. And, and so I want to serve you, God. I want to prove to you how much I love you. And we work and we work and we work. And after a while, we get ground down. S.D. Gordon says, prayer strikes the winning blow. Service is picking up the pieces. We create program after program after program. And sometimes we wonder, what's this all about? Is this just about another program? Uh, my message to you this morning is when we when we precede uh, the things that we do in the church with powerful prayer, then the fruit is forthcoming. God brings the increase. Now, we've done all of that just to get to our notes this morning. Okay, are you ready? Now, t look on the back of your courier and let me help you fill in a few blanks there, okay? What is prayer? I've been giving you a few of these thoughts along these, these mornings. Prayer is meeting power with greater power. Now, do you ever sense there is a power against you? I'm sure you do. The world is against you. The flesh is against you. And the devil is against you. And you're no match, certainly for the devil, are you? Uh, we're a pushover when it comes to him. That's why Paul said in Ephesians this, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles or the tricks of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against the spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. Think of that. Spiritual host of wickedness in the invisible world coming against you and me. So when we pray, we say to the Lord, Lord, I have all of this evilness coming at me I need your power. I need your strength. That's the only way that I can win over the devil. That's what 1 John 4, 4 says. You are of God, little children, and have overcome them because he who is in you is greater than he who is in the world. We have to submit to the leadership of God. Uh, every day, Satan is trying to trip you up, knock you down, knock you out. And so when we pray, we're saying, Lord, I can't do this. I can't come against these evil forces. You must intervene in my life. I surrender my life and ministry to you. Prayer, secondly, is calling the forces of heaven to battle. There's a whole army ready to come to your aid. Some people never understand that. Prayer is calling the forces of heaven to battle. Hebrews 1.14 are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? God has a whole army to dispense on your behalf. They are called his angels, his good angels. In fact, in the book of Daniel, you get a real insight into this. An angel came to Daniel on Daniel chapter 10, and you know what he said? He said, I have been sent to you 
God is the dispatcher of angelic help for you and for me. Verse 12, Daniel 10, he said, I have come because of your prayer. Now follow me this morning. Daniel's praying to God for help. How does God answer his prayer? He sends an angel. He, the angel said, listen, I've come as a result of your prayer. Now, our prayers are challenged by evil forces, but God brings the answer oftentimes by an angel to you and to me. The angel said, I've come to make you understand. And Daniel said, the angel came and he strengthened me. I, there's seldom a day goes by that I do not pray for God's angels to come and help me. For him to dispatch some of his angelic army in my direction. I pray every morning for every member of my family by name and by need. And I ask the Lord to send to my family his angels to protect them, to watch over them, to guide them, to strengthen them. How many times have you been in a situation and you've felt so weak and you've said, Lord, I don't think I can do this. I just don't have the strength. I don't have the energy. And you said to the Lord, Lord, I need your strength. And all of a sudden, a new energy came into you. It could very well have been an angel because that's exactly what the Bible says angels do for you and for me. And so it's calling the forces of heaven to battle on our behalf. Another thing we see here about this is prayer is giving to God and receiving from God. Prayer is giving to God. Uh, a, little, a little way to pray is the Acts formula. You know, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Whenever we come to God in the morning, let's praise him, okay, for the things he's done. Uh, I, I love to do that. Uh, here's some of the things I pray about in my little journal that I keep. Uh, I write down things that I, that I praise God for on ragged pieces of paper. And I'll, I'll start out and say, Lord, I thank you so much for the sleep that I had last night. I praise you for that. You know, you can't go very well if you don't get sleep. I'm praising God for everything. Lord, I thank you that I could have my devotions today. That's big, you know that? The time that we come together to worship God. and Lord, I thank you for this and I thank you for that and I date them and then I read them all back to God and I just keep writing them. And, and I, I first of all and foremost in the morning come together to praise and thank the Lord and sometimes I'll sing to God in the morning. Oh, come let us adore you. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. I'll sing praise to God. Uh, I want God to know in the morning that I love him. That I love him. Uh, and so we do that. Adoration. Uh, confession. Thanksgiving, supplication. Uh, prayer is giving to God and then receiving from God. 
Isaiah 40, 31, but those who wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. The energy that we have to have, God is eager to give them, give that energy to you. What does prayer do? It enables us to minister from a life in fellowship with God. Uh, whenever you have fellowship with God, he fills your heart with, with his love and his word. And you go out and God sets up these little encounters for you. And uh, it, it happens spontaneous. It's like, whoa, I didn't know that was going to happen. I didn't plan that. I didn't think about that. I didn't. Uh, it just happened. It just happened. God does things for people who walk in close connection with God. It just happened. It enables us to minister from a life of fellowship with God, and, and it changes us. It transforms us into his image. You know, I think whenever you start out in the Christian life, first of all, God, he revolutionizes your life. It's like, whoa, where have I been all my life? Somebody said to, to me the other day, it was like the light, God turned the light on. It's like, I used to walk in the darkness. Now I'm walking in the light. And God starts taking all these things out of our life. Remember pruning? He starts taking these habits away that are so despicable. Uh, he takes them away. And we're so excited. Uh, he cleanses us. And he starts to change the way we think. And the way he does that is through his word. Because when we read his word, we start to think like Christ. And we become, we become known where we work as that preacher or that Jesus fellow over there. Or that Jesus lady. And she thinks different. They think different. They watch Fox News, too. It's different. Yeah. We're different. You know that God changes us. He makes us all conservative, doesn't he? It's just the way it is. It's the Bible. Uh, we're transformed in the image of Christ. The first appointment. Joanne uh, keeps our schedule at home. Thank God. Without her, I'd be a disaster. She, she, we have all these appointments. The older you get, the more appointments you have. It's all, they're all doctors, you know. Eye doctor. <laughs> it goes on and on. You know, but you just got to make them because they're hard to get, right? You can't miss them. So we have all these appointments, but there's one appointment she never has to remind me of. And that's the first appointment. Every, every day. She knows I'm going to make it. And you know what? I know she's going to make it. I know she's going to make it. And you know what it does? It sets the tone of the day. It sets the tone. It really is. It's like, it's like okay, God, here we go. Uh, now I can go to work, and now I can tackle this tough job. I feel so relieved because I've been telling you how much I love you. And I know now you're walking with me really great I want to encourage you uh, you know that appointment book your doctor's appointments all that stuff uh, that job you have to go on you have to meet with a guy and give him a bid at such, such a time listen take that same book and the first appointment of the day for God seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness God will take care of the rest.
just put him first, okay? Let's bow our heads in prayer. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed today in the church. Uh, the best appointment of the day, of course, is the first one. If it's, uh, if it's with God. If it's you telling God you love him. And you know, just the, just the very fact of you showing up, knocking on his door. Lord, here I am. I'm your servant, John, remember? Or I'm Bill, or Mary, or James. Here I am, Lord. You don't have to look for me. I'm showing up. I just want to tell you this morning that I love you and I'm going to love you all day long. I need your strength for this day. I have a tough job I'm going on. You've got to hold my hand. The people at work think I'm strong. I'm really not that strong. You've got to make me strong, Lord, for this. Get me through the day. Ah, the Lord will send his angels to strengthen you. you but you got to make the first appointment. You know, you, have to, you, you just can't blow it off. You just can't say, I'm too busy, I'll work it in. That'll never happen. Dear Lord, we thank you so much for your word, which just kind of just reverberates down through the centuries. Uh, to right here into this auditorium this morning, into our very busy world. We pray now that you'll apply these thoughts to our hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's stay together as we sing to Christ. Our Father, Creator, 